Before we dive into this episode, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please take a second to leave a review. Reviews help boost the show so that others struggling in a toxic workplace can find it. You can also go to my website, ToxicWorkplacePodcast.com, to send me a message. Or if you want to be a guest on the show, you can fill out a submission request. Your story will be completely anonymous. All names are changed to protect the employee and the employer. So at the time, I had finished up in a role. My industry is real estate, and I had thought to go back into sales It wasn't suitable for me. I've got a big family with young children. The hours just weren't accommodating my family or vice versa. So my husband, the way we sort of work it is that I do mornings with the kids, drop-offs, get organised for school, and then my husband does afternoons. So I could have a job that that did run till 5 o'clock, 5.30. That was fine. This is Victoria. As a busy mom and full-time real estate professional in Australia, Victoria was looking to make a career move that would allow her the flexibility to take care of her family, but also develop her expertise and knowledge of the real estate industry. In the midst of my searching, I found this job that seemed absolutely perfect. It was a work from home role. The way they described it was like it was a specialized sector of my current industry, so within the property industry, which I thought, well, that's fantastic. This almost feels like a personal promotion as well. It was a phone-based role. You know, they went on to, to let you know, even in the job ad, that all your hardware was provided. The pay was unbelievable. It was it was really above anything I'd been looking for. Every single step of the qualifications I exceeded. So I thought, where has this job been? I needed this job. This was perfect. This job had everything Victoria was looking for in a position. In fact, it exceeded her expectations. She would soon move through the interview process, which was like nothing she had ever experienced in a job interview. The hiring managers were accommodating and encouraging. They seemed to be highly impressed by Victoria, who felt invigorated by the prospect of working with this company. But this interview process was designed to lure people in, like a sales pitch you can't refuse, and Victoria took the bait. My name's Carly, and this is Toxic Workplace, a podcast that gives a platform to those who have survived highly toxic work experiences only to come out with newfound wisdom and a renewed sense of self. A toxic workplace is more than just the daily grind. It's a soul-crushing experience that will chip away at your sanity until you're about to lose your mind. It's an abusive relationship that's hard to leave. And the longer you stay, the more you lose sight of who you set out to be. The application process, whilst it wasn't a step-by-step, they asked you to write quite a bit of information in your cover letter. So I really took a lot of time doing that. It was information about your experience within the property industry. You know, had you bought and sold your own property? What were your experiences with that? What would you change? This was absolutely speaking my language. You know, this is progressive attitude within an industry and, and it was from the get-go. I just thought this is going to be wonderful. This is going to be so good. So... I put a lot of effort into the application, got a call a couple of days later and I missed the call and he left a message and I thought, that's fine, I'll call back. Called back 
and a woman answered who was really friendly, but she said, oh, I'll just see if he's available. And then said, oh, look, he's, he's unable to come to the phone. Can I get him to call you back? I said, sure, no problems. The rest of the afternoon passed. I left it until the next day, still didn't hear anything. And I thought, I really want this job. I'm going to try and call him again. So I did, same thing, didn't hear. That should have been a really big red flag for me. But because the job was just so perfect, I went, no, 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 I'm overthinking it. My expectations are too high. I've just got to cool my jets a bit and just, you know, they're very busy people. So, And you, and you do end up doing it. You convince yourself to put up with whatever someone's putting out when they are offering something that you really want or need. So I kept listening to the message to get his name and I thought, I'm going to be professional about this and find this guy and I'm going to resend my application to him. You've called me. You said you wanted to talk to me. I'm a professional in this industry. You need me in your business. So I did. He emailed back and was like, thanks so much for chasing me. Let's arrange for this time and we'll have a chat. So he called that day and he was like, you know, tell me a bit about your experience in the industry. And then he sort of diverged into really ethical questions within the industry, which I loved. And I was saying, this is amazing. They're really on a mission to really make this industry ethical and to put good into the property industry. And I guess anyone who's passionate about their industry wants to hear that. And he said, yep, I can tell you now, I don't even need to think about it. You're progressing through to the second step of the process. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. He's like, is the money okay? It was all really around how comfortable I was. I came off on a high. I had recruiters contacting me saying, what about this job? And I'm going, no, I have got this. And I said to him, I am weighing up with other jobs. I'm preferencing you. And he goes, no worries. Let's make this move along faster. Can you have the second round interviews tomorrow morning? I was like, yeah, I'll make it happen. So it was all on Zoom and I was going to be meeting with some of the management on that Zoom. And he's like, you know, we do a bit of a different interview process, but it's nothing frightening. You don't have to do any homework for it. And I was like, no problem. So just come in with an open mind. Perfect. Got onto this Zoom and it was with one of the sales managers who was also in the same state to me and then another one who was in another state. And then there was also two people that that have been working at the company for a while in the area that I would be working in. So I'd had this interview with him. It was very little property involvement. He showed me a piece of paper with all these words on it. And he said, which of the five words mean the most to you out of here? So it was words like respect, loyalty, you know, compassion, things like that. And you had to pick the top five. And then it was a discussion of why did you pick those five? Why do they mean a lot to you? And how do they impact your life? And I look back now and I'm like, you are not a qualified school counsellor, let alone a psychologist to perform this type of questionnaire on anyone. But it was stuff that I was passionate about. I am passionate about loyalty. I am passionate about respect. And I think he cottoned onto that really quickly. So he then played some recordings of phone calls, example phone calls of what they would sound like. And he said, I'm not going to give you any pointers yet. I want you to pick it apart and tell me what you think. And I said, okay, honestly, number one, the questions that he's asking are underqualified property questions. You know, I would not question this, this or this. These are the things I would discuss more so. And then I said, and also, I like that there was a lack of a salesy approach. You were not selling him anything. It was a general discussion. And he was like, oh, great. And he really cottoned onto that. And he said, 
Yeah, because what we're doing is we're wanting to help people. People are contacting us and they want our advice with what they should do with their property and we're, we're here to help them. And I was like, this is amazing. This is exactly what I'm about. I feel like probably had I have said something else, there would have been another script for what I was saying. So he was just tuning into what I was saying and went, right, we're going to go with this. There was lots of compliments in the interview, a showering of compliments. He said, you know, your your property knowledge is is evident, your communication is amazing, which at the time, things like that feel great. But then when you've gone through the experience that I've gone through with them, you then go, oh my gosh, I feel really stupid because I don't know that you even thought that. You almost feel sort of um, full of yourself that you're like, oh, wow, I actually thought those things were great about myself too, but now you're a complete liar and I don't really believe anything you say. (laughs) The questions and discussions involved in Victoria's interview process were based around integrity, honesty, and professionalism. Naturally, this led Victoria to believe that this company held those attributes in high regard which were also attributes she values within herself. This was all part of their ploy to entice her to join the company. The hiring manager also expressed understanding of Victoria's role as a mom, saying they would be flexible about potential breaks needed during the day to tend to her kids. He goes, I've just got to tell you, like, we're so flexible here. We know you're a mom. You've got kids. If you've if you've got to pick the kids up, we're cool with that. We've got lots of parents that work for us. So you go and pick the kids up. And he's like, you just pick up when you get back. And I'm like, this is amazing. And he's like, we start at 9 a.m. And I'm like, this is so good because my children start school at 8.30. So I'm going to be back at my desk, coffee in hand, ready to go. So then he said, this has been a pleasure to interview you, all of this sort of stuff. Even the staff were saying, oh, look, we, we really want you to get this role. I'm like, oh my gosh, I already feel like I'm part of the team. Then they said, look, one final thing, you've just got to submit a video of yourself. We're going to send it to you in an email, two questions we want you to answer. They never said why, but I did later find out why, because they would post it in a chat where all the leaders could watch it and basically pick it apart like birds to rubbish. Victoria got the job offer and they let her start a week later at her request. She was expecting the job experience to live up to everything the job interview painted it out to be, but the discrepancies were prevalent from day one. So got myself set up, got, you know, my husband and I, we worked out the hours, how we were going to do things, what we were going to do. Then like all my stuff started arriving. So all the hardware, an Apple laptop shows up and your headset and everything. And I was like, this is so great. This is so professional. So my first day, like the day before, I'd got all these texts from the trainer. She was so lovely and and she genuinely is a lovely person. They have tapped in to someone who is really kind. So my first day, logged on, got on with her and we're on a Zoom and she said, we allow two weeks for you to be trained. And I said, okay, great. She's like, we go at our own pace. She goes, so we started 8.30 and I was like, oh, well, I thought it was 9am. And I said, but that's okay. That's okay. I didn't want to upset anyone. So my husband was like, don't worry, I'll leave for work. And then I'll come back and I'll drop the kids off at school for the first two weeks until we work something out. So we're already rearranging our life for their miscommunication. 
we started this training. Um, the whole team were like amazing. You you get on these group chats in the mornings and everyone's full of energy and it's lots of laughs and fun. And then in the afternoon you get on another one and it's lots of games and fun and everyone was so great. And this trainer, she was brilliant. She's like so you know, when we're on the phone to people, this is the script that we're going to go. And I was like, whoa, what script? Why do I need a script? Like, as you guys have told me for the last like three weeks, I'm an expert. I said, okay, so, you know, for the purpose of training, I was practicing it all. I was saying it all. And she was like, yeah, so would we push that question a little bit more? Like, so they said, you know, oh no, I'm not interested in selling. I would just wanted to know what my property was worth. So that what they do is they log onto a website, see what their property's worth, and then we ring them the next day or that afternoon. And so she's like, so if they say they're not selling, but could we ask, well, why did you jump on the website then? Okay. Um, maybe we could ask just out of interest, just some feedback, what brought you to the website? I, we sort of landed on that, that I said, I'd be comfortable asking that. I'm very much a person. No means no. And even in sales, I guess I came from some really great sales background, which was the sales side of my job was always selling myself to get a listing, selling what I promise and showing someone that they can trust me. Like it's not, it's not cheap sales. And it started to feel like this was cheap sales. I'm on the phone to someone who just wants to know what their property's worth. Like it's really, it's it's not that complicated. So I thought I can try and work around this. You know, and she said, just so you know, we're not actually asking anyone to transact anything. Do you know, we never take credit card details. I said, no, we don't because our leads go to real estate agents. I guess at the time I just went along. I went along and I just said, okay, I, I got all the scripts together did it all, started doing sample phone calls. Again, compliment central. You have done so well. You are amazing. You are flying. Your training's finished after a week. They're like, you are ready to go. because you. And I was like, oh my gosh, I am top of the class. I'm so great at this. I've found my spot. Me thinking I'm an absolute professional. I then go out into the big wide world of this, you know, real estate leads And then I started to see, so we had this background, I guess, where people could respond to what we were doing, emails and things. And when I started to read through a few of those, I was like, oh, there's some not very nice things that people are saying. You know, people were complaining a lot. Agents were complaining. I did have an instance where they said, oh, say we're going to recommend this for this property. And it was one in my area. And I was like, "Mm, well, I know I know real estate backwards in this area. And they said, oh, we would recommend this guy because he pays for a membership with us. And he was honestly a real estate agent that I would encourage people to stay away from any day of the week. He is a shocking agent. He's a shy star. And I was like, oh, okay, this is concerning. You know, that like that whole, that whole ideology of who you hang out with is kind of who you are. And then when I said to them, I said, okay, so is this sort of, um, you know, are we taking on like new agents that are trying to break into the industry? Because I can understand that if they're brand new. Oh, no, we don't take brand new agents. What sort of agents do you take then? Really good ones. But if they're a really good agent, why would they need you? 
And I was questioning things and I was trying to stop myself from questioning because on the flip side, I was being complimented. I mean, my results, I'll be honest, they were not setting the world on fire. They were okay, but I was getting all these compliments. Oh my gosh, like there were shout outs to me because we had this group chat and it's like, oh my God, wow, I'm again, top of the class. I wasn't really because there was people getting triple my result. So I was like, okay, then maybe they're listening to my calls and they really love my calls. Maybe they love how I speak. You just condition yourself to think anything. Little things that did really upset me were things we were trained on and then we were told, you know, if you have any ideas or feedback or questions on this, just drop us, you know, drop us a message. This is what management would say. So I had an idea about something and I contacted one of the managers didn't even get a response. He didn't even read the message until I think maybe two and a half weeks later where he said, have seen this, not ignoring you, just really busy on dad duties at the moment. We'll get back to you. And I never heard back from him again. So I sort of got past that. I started to have questions. I chatted with another manager about, you know, the agents who pay to be part of our fold, I guess. And I said to him, do I have to recommend these agents? Because that was sort of the rule of thumb. If there is a paid agent, you, you need to recommend them. And I said, you know, some of them, I'll be honest, I won't recommend. And he was like, do you know what? We don't normally let people do this. We would always say that those paid agents would be honoured. But because we know you have got so much experience, again, just blowing smoke in my hat, we really trust your judgment you can make that call. And I was like, wow, they really trust me. This is so good. I'm going to make change here too. We're going to make change. At this point, Victoria was still convinced that this company was the accommodating, professional industry leader she was sold on. Under that perception, she believed her insight and suggestions would be valued and considered to make positive changes within their processes. They seemed to really believe in her, so much so that when an opportunity came up for a leader role, she was encouraged to go for it. The buzz was there for probably two to three weeks. Then they offered a leadership position and they're like, okay, we always like to hire internally. You know that. Well, I didn't know that, but obviously all the other little groupies who were there going nodding their heads on the Zoom chat were saying, yeah, we know. And they're like, so... We want to put it out there. Now, we don't care if you have been here for five minutes or five years. If you think you can do this role, we want you to apply. And I'm like, do you know what? Stuff this. I am going so awesome. I'm going to apply for it. I'm going to do it. So I sent her, the uh, manager, an email and I was like, yep, registering my interest. Then the team leader I'd been given, so out of training, you get moved over to a team leader. And the team leader that I was um, speaking to, they told us there were two leadership roles. So I was like, well, I've, I've got, you know, I've got a better chance. If there's two, I've, I've got a better chance. And she was like, I'm so excited that I found out that you are going for this role. And I was like, oh, thank you. Like, I'm a bit nervous about it because I haven't been here long and I, you know, I haven't got heaps of experience, but I think that I can really add value to this team. And she's like, no, I'm so excited. So please let me know if you have any questions. So then it came to the interview process for the leadership role. 
they sent me through the criteria of what I would need to know and do and I spent a lot of time on it. I really wanted to ace it. We went into the interview, did the interview activities, which again were interactive. They were out of the box. They were like nothing I've ever done before. Then the guy who was the original guy that hired me, he was in there and he said, you know, we haven't really got to spend much time together since the interview, but I want you to walk me through why we should give you this role based on how little experience you have in our company. And he was like, I'm just being transparent. And I was like, no, value transparency. And I gave my reasons. And and he was smiling and nodding along. And I'm like, I think this is this is going really well. He was smiling like this in the interviews. I think this is good. They're like, we'll have an answer within two days. It went so slow until that Friday. It went so slow. When they were set to announce the roles, they said, oh, now, look, actually, we're only actually hiring one leader. And I was like, what? They put a Zoom chat for me aside and they said, look, you interviewed perfectly. We loved everything you presented. We loved, the, uh, you know, all the answers you gave, but you just haven't been here long enough. And I was like, then why did you get me to apply? But I thought, okay. They said, however, the second role is on hold because someone's pregnant and they're going to be leaving in seven weeks, which I knew it was my leader. So they said, we're going to hold that. We were going to fill it now and we're not going to now. So what we're going to do is we're going to move you away from that leader. You are going to be working directly under the manager and you are going to essentially be groomed until she leaves in order for you to step straight into leadership. And I was like, Okay, this is pretty good. This is a promise of leadership. I think this is great. I've just got to I've just got to work under the manager. And we then found out who the leader was. It was a girl who I already thought was a leader. <laughs> when they said her name, I was like, "Hang on a minute. She runs our meetings. She amps us up and does our countdowns in our chat. Is she not already a leader?" I was like, this is really weird. I sort of feel like a fool. So then there was this lovely girl, I will call her Lucy. Lucy started, we private messaged each other over something. She was in my leadership group, my little group, and she'd mentioned that she also had to chat with the sales manager at that time. So I read between the lines that she was also going for leadership. So I reached out to this girl and I said, hey, did you also go for leader? And she's like, yes, I did. So she then said to me, like we chatted a bit and she said, hey, I'm going to find you on Facebook and I'm going to message you on Messenger. And I was like, okay, all right. And when she messaged me on Messenger and she said, just so you know, they can actually get into our screens and watch what we're doing and read our messages. And I was like, sorry, what? (laughs) Like, She goes, I'm going to send you a video. She sent me a video of how they do it. I said, I'm pretty sure that that needs to be told to you in training or even just in application that they are going to be looking at your screen. She goes, people have been done for messages. People have been done for playing chess online. If you are on a call, the program can log in to check all the notes you're writing. Like it is like they are watching your screen. So we knew don't jump over to the messenger system while you're on a call because they can check it. 
they don't tell you any of that. They're still telling you that they're training. And she was like, look, I've been here four months. I don't think that I'm going to be staying. And I was like, what? There had been, I think, already two people leave. Yeah, someone left on the day I started and then someone left two two weeks later. And then this girl two weeks later was telling me she was going to leave. And I had been told that the turnover was high, but I was like, this is extreme. So then she said, I'm going to add someone into this chat that we work with. I'll call her Jen. Jen was like the highest achiever. Unbelievable, her results. I sort of worshipped the ground Jen walked on. I was like, she is amazing. And I didn't feel like I got much from Jen until I got added into this messenger and she's like, oh, my goodness, another one finally has woken up. And I was like, what do you mean? Well, she been there 18 months and she had been a high achiever the whole time. She is just naturally, she has a voice that on tele sales or anything like that is interesting to listen to. She's very confident in the way she speaks. I said, your results are just phenomenal. What do you do? She said, I get to the point and I ask the people, do you want to know what your property's worth? You're best to speak to an agent. And I said, my problem that I have with this, and this is my real estate thing, is that when you push someone to have a real estate agent come out to your property, that real estate agent puts a lot of work into preparing a presentation for that person. That is a waste of their unpaid hours for us to be recommending dud leads. She said, welcome to the company. She said they don't care about that. They don't care that they're dud leads. They just want runs on the board. So she started exposing a lot of this stuff. So she had an insider in the leadership hub who was feeding information back to her. The leadership meetings were merely just little bitch sessions about anyone and everyone. They had a weekly flight risk. She was told a person they believed would leave, so fly. Looking back now, I don't think it was. I think it was a person that they thought was a problem every week because that seemed to be the running pattern. So this girl, Lucy, who'd also gone for leadership, who was about to resign, she said, keep in contact with Jen. She will be really helpful to you. Finding allies Jen and Lucy, who exposed what was really going on behind the scenes, was pivotal for Victoria she was able to gain a more accurate understanding of what this company was about and see past their surface-level facade. As she gained more insight into their cheap sales tactics, she realized this company wanted nothing more than to get leads on the board and couldn't care less about providing a valuable service to homeowners. The more aware she became, the more questions she asked, and the closer she came to getting on the flight list. I was constantly being reprimanded because I wouldn't speak direct to script. I can't. That is not how I can speak. I write dot point notes and then I will ad lib depending on who I'm speaking to. You don't speak to an 80-year-old man the same way you speak to an 18-year-old girl. You, You speak to them differently. So they were wanting me to say the exact same words every single time and prod these questions They'd then come back to you. You'd be on a call. You'd literally just hang up and then you'd get a message through. Do you think there is another question you could have asked that person to really dive into why they came to the website? Are you joking? Are you sitting there listening to me live? Look, I guess it was their job. For me, it 
was like micromanagement to the highest degree. I've had micromanaging bosses. This was nothing. <laughs> like they were nothing compared to this. In this time, in the chat, whoever set up the chat system, unfortunately, gave me access to see everything. So I could actually see the leader chat, one of the leader chat called interviews, without them knowing I could see it. The comments around people that were applying for jobs, they would put their videos up and just smash them apart. They would tease them. They would make poke fun in the things they said. One lady talked about her ethics and how important they were. Um, I never watched the video because I was concerned that you could see that I'd watched it. And one guy wrote, look, she seems okay, but the only thing, you know, where we're going to come undone, as we've seen with other people in this company, is that when they're highly ethical, they have this massive problem as to whether the vendor is actually genuine or not. And, you know, their ethics just get in the way. And I was like, are you joking? (laughs) We need dumb people that are not going to overthink this. So it was, and, and the turnover was just unbelievable. I then spoke to HR. I obviously didn't let any of that on, but I just said, look, I'm not going to go for any leadership positions. I do not think I can offer what your company's looking for. I don't like being under the manager. She is an extremely aggressive trainer and that's just not, I'm not responsive to that. So can I be moved? And I said, I'm temporarily with the guy who had interviewed me. I think I think it might be better if I just stay with him. And she was like, do you know what? Let me chat to him. I think that sounds great. HR seemed, you know, very, you know, she was listening. She was on board. She was understanding. He then said to me, you're going to stay with me from now on. Is that cool with you? And I said, yep, suits me perfectly. He went on with this, you know, he's, um, you know, he's like real surfer dude mentality, thinks he's as cool as a cucumber and comes across as really easygoing. And he's like, Look, he said, I just want to be straight from the start. In my leadership group, we have a no BS rule. And I was like, wow, okay. And he said, you know, no BS. Everything's transparent. Everything's upfront. You will hear me tell my group things that, you know, are probably private matters of the business, but I trust you guys enough to tell you. And I was like, okay, this is a push-pull mentality, but okay. And I was like, okay, cool. Sounds great. I, you know, look forward to being a part of the gang. So, and this, Jen was in this group as well. So in every meeting that we had, Jen and I would be, you know, privately, you know, furiously texting on our phones to each other with every stupid comment he made. The surfer dude manager that Victoria was now reporting to really tried to sell himself as just a laid back, easygoing kind of guy. But Victoria could see through the BS despite his no BS rule. She was already well aware of how the leaders in this company conducted themselves and how disrespectful and dishonest they were towards the rest of the employees. She wasn't buying into his spiel about transparency. But when you wake up and no longer buy into the phony facade of management, management notices and you get earmarked as a troublemaker, someone who questions the status quo and who can't be manipulated. And if management can't manipulate you, you no longer serve their agenda and they'll find a way to push you out. Behind the scenes, we knew that there was conversations between the leaders about, 
particularly Jen, they were quite critical of Jen, mainly the female manager. She was saying she's achieving too much. Her calls mustn't be quality. So there was this massive focus on listening to Jen's calls. Um, They weren't compliant. They weren't this, they weren't long enough. So she's there overachieving and they're cutting her down. So she got put on a performance plan. And I was like, I said to her, how can you be put on a pip for overachieving. I've never heard of that in my life. She said, I'm not a fool. These are just tactics to get rid of me. I've passed my use-by date here. I'm too confident. I can, you know, I'm not using the script. But I said, but you're getting the results. So I guess the inner rebel in me started to make me flex a bit. So I would ask questions of him like, he's like, does anyone have any questions? I said, I do. I would love to know where I can find my stats on conversion. And he's like, conversion, how do you mean? And I said, well, you guys always focus on and you talk about our conversion from um, phone calls taken to leads. Uh, They called them hot leads. I said, I want to know my conversion from hot lead to listing and even then to sale and settlement because we only get paid, well, the company only gets paid if the property sells and settles. And he said, oh, what do you want to know that for? I said, well, it's the chain of success. What I care about is how good a quality are my hots? Am I am I on a 90% strike rate? Anyway, he goes, oh, I'll, I'll try and figure that out and find out where I can find that for you. Never found it. Yes, I was flexing. I was starting to ask questions. Those questions, you know, they were obviously not well received because then all of a sudden he spoke to me and he's like, okay, I'm going to need you to only take 25 calls a day. I said, what? Most people took between 70 and 90. And I said, 25. And he said, yep. And I need you to still work to your goals of how many hot leads you get. And this particular day, it was like two o'clock in the afternoon. So I said, I'm on 22 calls now. And he said, yep. I said, so it's two o'clock. I finish at five. Maybe it was a 5.30 day that day. And he said, I said, I can only make three more calls for the rest of the day. Yep. Make them count. And I was like, you're unbelievable. So he sent me this this graph, how I could graph it. I said, no worries. Um, What do you want me to do in the meantime? And he's like, oh, go through the emails or you can train yourself by listening to other people's calls. I said, okay, sure. So I did a lot of listening to people's calls. I listened to people that they were shouting out were really awesome and I was finding fault in what they were saying. I was listening to people who were apparently following script and listening to the responses from people. Then all of a sudden we started to hear word that there was going to be another leadership position come up. And he said to me, are you going to apply for that again? I said, absolutely not. And he said, why not? And I said, because I don't think I'm what you're looking for. But I encourage anyone else to. The leadership process was always just to test who who wants to stay at the company? Who wants to? This girl who was the insider of leadership, she said, oh, it's, all, it's all a front. She was supposed to be the one that was supposed to get the second leadership position last time and she told them to jump in the lake. And she said, I don't want to be a leader. She's the trainer. She goes, give me a pay rise and a title, otherwise I'm walking. So they did and they gave her like training manager or whatever. So this Next leadership position, it was already earmarked. She said, he's already been added to the chat and it was the guy that was in the group. And I said, 
oh, look, he's a really nice guy, lovely and adoring family man, but he's not very good. He's very nice. And she said, he's being picked. I said, his results are shocking. I don't know how he can be a leader. Like I have to listen to his calls. And she said, you know that he is friends with the leader who's leaving because she's pregnant. And I'm like, this is just ridiculous. What sort of a pool of a circus am I in? So in the meantime, while they're talking about leadership interviews and all this stuff, he's actually already knows that he's going to be a leader because he's being trained to be one. This company used their leadership openings as a way to gauge who was still buying into their charade or to see who was willing to play their deceptive game. It didn't matter how talented or knowledgeable an employee was if they weren't willing to sacrifice their integrity and have a willingness to deceive others, they were pushed out. This was what was happening to Victoria. Her manager was looking for a way to get her out. It wasn't my performance that was questioned. It was, was I enjoying the role? I said, it's not really about me enjoying the role. I have a family and I said, I love the property industry. It's one of my biggest passions. And this, you know, role can really do a lot for me. And he said, well, do you see yourself staying in this position? I said, no, I'd love to advance into working with the agents a lot more. And what I've loved is, you know, I I sort of knew where he was going with this and I was very careful about what I was saying. I said, I've loved that I've got to learn more and more about um, real estate Australia-wide, not just in my state. Oh, good. Oh, okay. And he said, and how do you feel about the way I'm coaching you? Like I'm giving you numbers. I'm giving. And I said, honestly, I said, I don't love that you're breathing down my neck. I don't love that I get messages from you when I'm on a call. I said, that's weird. It's really weird. And I said, I was never told that my calls would be listened to so intently. Never. And he's like, so do you just want me to back off and leave you alone? I said, yeah, that'd be great. That's exactly what I want. And he said, okay. He said, cool, I will. And backed off completely. And I was like, wow. Oh, that's all. And I was all empowered. I was like, that's all I had to say. I just had to say, go away. That's all I had to say. Although her manager seemed to respect Victoria's wishes, he was devising a plan of retaliation. Toxic managers like to be in control, and this manager didn't like that Victoria was laying down her boundaries. It was by this stage I'd started to look for other jobs, and I thought, you know, if something lands on my desk that's really awesome, I'm going to do it. I was reaching back out to my recruiter friends. Anyway, he had started, the other thing he used to do was talk to other staff about other staff. Nothing was secret in this place. He was one of the biggest gossips in the place in that he would go back to all the other leaders and say horrible things about you. And this was repetitive. And it sort of got to the point where I was like, this isn't even fun anymore. Like, it's not even entertaining. This is, I, I just feel like a loser being in this role. It's a sham of a company. You had genuine people that would ring you and ask for genuine property advice. I'd be able to offer it and then I'd get the call up. Yeah, but why couldn't you get that person to speak to an agent? Well, because I was able to give them the information they needed. They didn't need to speak to an agent. Yeah, but, and it's like, okay, maybe it's me. And you do go through that phase of it where you just go, maybe it's me. So Jen then got another role and she resigned. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm alone. You know, there was other people that had come in, but I'll be honest, I made an effort not to get close to them because I knew I I wasn't going to stay. 
this is coming up to three months. So all of this has happened, quite a concentrated experience. All of a sudden, I was meant to have my weekly one-on-one. I got the call up to the one-on-one. Surfer guy says to me, do you really think that, so they called my department core, do you really think core is for you? I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, do you really think that, like, is this like your dream job? And I said, my dream job is something that is, it's it's not, like it's not the top of a hill to get to. My my dream career is is spanned lengthways. And I said it's experience all concentrated into one. And I said, but right now, where my life is, I need to accommodate what my kids need, what my husband needs, what my family needs. And and right now, I'm treading water here. This is good. I this is enough. And I said, why do you not think? And he said, Well, no, no, no. So didn't at this point sort of say, look, your results are not good enough. There was nothing about results or performance. It was all about enjoyability and, you know, whether you were suited to the role. And he said, so say I could speak to the department that works with the agents, which he knew that was my goal to get to. And he said, say I could talk to someone there and get you in there. Would you take that? And I said, yeah, absolutely I would. That that would be a massive promotion for me. And he said, it's just because like I've, just things I've seen and heard, I don't think you're enjoying this role. And I said, I am. I thought I'm not going to have words put in my mouth at all. He said, look, we I can talk to them or if you're not enjoying it, you can finish up. I can write you a really good reference if you don't want to be here. And that's when I was like, I have to work. There's no option about that. So if there is something available in that department, 100%, you know my answer. But if there's not, I'm cool to keep going where I am. That's okay. I didn't want to leave on their terms. I wanted to leave on my terms. And he said, okay, all right. He goes, let me have a chat with my colleagues and let's circle back tomorrow. I said, sure, okay. So he said to me, he goes, do you know what? Just take the rest of the afternoon off. I said, what? And he goes, just take the rest of the afternoon off. Just don't worry about it. You can jump back on if you really want to, but just take the afternoon off. And I was like, okay. Anyway, I sat here. My husband was here and I was like, I don't know what to do. He said this and he goes, I don't know. What do you think you should do? And I said, I don't know. Is it a trick or do I? I said, no, I should, I should jump back on. So I jumped back on, did like some emails and then I was like, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. So I rang Jen and I was like, Jen, what do you think? And she's like, stop him. Take the afternoon off. And I was like, no, but is it a trick? She said, he has told you. And I said, do you know what? You're right. He's told me to take a load off. I have got a lot of washing to fold. I'm just going to go and do it. I'm, that's it. So left for the rest of the day. Then I came back. The leaders have their meeting half an hour before we start. Our informer goes to Jen and tells Jen, oh, my gosh, what went down yesterday? Apparently she cracked it in the meeting with Surfer Guy and she cracked it and logged off for the rest of the day in a half. And Jen's like, nah, that's not what happened. I'll tell you what happened. Anyway, so then he comes back to me. The meet Before the meeting, I managed to get to HR. And I said to her, I smell a rat with this. I am not convinced with any of it. I told her everything that had happened. And she's like, okay, what do you want me to do? 
she said, do you want to go and have your meeting with Surfer, see what he comes back with? Because it was booked for a 10 a.m. meeting. I said, look, do you know what? Let me meet with him. And she said, yeah, let's, let's come back after you've met with him. She said, let me know when you're out of the meeting. I said, okay, cool. Anyway, got in the meeting with him. He's like, hey, going. I said, yeah, good. And he said, so, so I've chatted with um, some of my colleagues, like I said. I said, yep. And he goes, unfortunately, there's nothing in any other department. I said, okay, cool. And he goes, so in light of that, we're going to be finishing you up now and um, and I'll write you a reference if you want. We'll pay out your week's notice. And he goes, yeah, so like I know this mustn't be. I said, hold up, do not for a second tell me that you know what this feels like. And he goes, no, 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 I know. I said, no, you don't. I said, you don't have children. You have no responsibilities other than where your next wave is going to be caught. I said, what are you sacking me for? And he's like, look, I know, and wouldn't answer the questions. I said, you know how you have this thing where you talk about no BS? I said, you are honestly the epitome of BS. You know, he didn't like that. So then I jumped off, texted HR and said, just got sacked. And she's like, get on a Zoom with me now. We jumped on and she's like, oh, my God, I didn't even know about this. I said, hang on, you are in the leadership meetings. You are HR. How did you not know someone was going to be sacked? I don't know. She said, they don't tell me. She said, I'm going to go to like the big manager. And she said, look, normally we would do an exit interview. And she said, what I feel might be better is if you put this in writing and this needs to go to someone. I said, other than you. I said, because I know that plenty of my colleagues have come to you with exit interviews. They've been honest and you've never passed it on because there's never been any changes here. HR understood this and she said, who do you want your feedback to go to then? I said, the CEO. She said, we'll send it to her then. With that, she's like, look, I'm going to go and talk to one of the other managers. I'm going to come back to you, okay? I said, all right. By that time then, she would have gone to the manager. All of a sudden, my computer screen shut down, everything shut off. So I was trying to email her from my personal email, wouldn't respond, got my termination letter. After a couple of weeks, I did send that email, all those screenshots, all that information to the CEO. And she basically just wrote back, look, you were given the fair notice, but however, you know, I've taken on what you've said as um, ways we can grow as a company. And that was fish rots from the head. So I'm glad I'm out of there. Reflecting back on how everything went down, Victoria realizes that the retaliation of pushing her out of the company from her manager was commonplace for anybody on the flight list. In that instance where he was like, you know, do you really think this is for you? Do you, had I not have been on to what he was doing, I probably would have said, oh, I don't know. No, look, maybe it's not my dream job. And they weave around until actually it's your idea to leave. And then I could have said, oh, look, I don't really want to give a week. Do you mind if I give two weeks or a month? And he would have gone, yeah, that's fine. And you know what? We'll take you off the dialer and you can just do all the emails for the rest of the time. And I'd be like, oh, he's so awesome. And that's how it's meant to go. Rather than in the end, I was just not going to go. I was just a pain. I asked Victoria what life lesson she learned from this experience. And she said, not all that glitters is gold. She thought that it was an ideal job, the money they offered, the work from home, and yet it was far from it. She's learned how to set clear boundaries and ask questions up front. 
She says that staying honest and true is so much more important than any job. Her advice for others going through this situation is not to wait for them to get rid of you. The toxic environment and the stress it causes isn't worth the battle. Next time on Toxic Workplace. So she was very mad at me, and you could tell by her body language and the tone of voice she had. I told her that I understood she was upset with me, and I said, you know, all I could do at this point was apologize. Then she said she was irritated and that she doesn't have time for this childish drama. And, you know, I thought it was interesting because, you know, she's always bringing up her home life at work. She's always sick with some stomach problem or back problem, and she talks about issues with her mom and her marital issues, and she comes to work in a bad mood. And, boy, when she comes to work in a bad mood, people are like, oh, what's wrong with Stacy? And I'm... I don't know. I don't want to ask. So I've never actually intentionally brought drama to work. I asked her how many times she remembered having to reprimand me for drama or insubordination. And she didn't answer me. And I replied, you know, this is the only time I can remember you being upset because of something of being insubordinate in any way. So she went on to discuss the meeting and kind of told me what was going on. And then she came back to me and she said, I looked ridiculous when I was mad and that I needed to be aware that everyone saw how I acted. And I told her, it's not my intention to bring attention to myself. I said, this is four years of pent up frustration that I've talked to you about. And I did my very best that I could to compose myself in the midst of my emotions. I did not react. You know, I just became silent and I began to work intently on other things. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you have a story to share, please go to ToxicWorkplacePodcast.com, click on Be a Guest, and fill out the submission form. Your story will be completely anonymous. All names are changed to protect the employer and the employee. And if you like this podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. 